Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hoppity Easter's on its way. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all shapes, ages, sorts, and sizes. I'm Josh Belcher, your host of the Uncharted Podcast. And I want you to remember this Easter Sunday that the Lord went and gave his life for you so that Easter Bunny could drop a basket off at your house and make your A1C1 go high and your blood sugar go through the roof. I hope I pronounced that first one right. I don't really know what it's called. But anyway, we've got an awesome ram-packed lineup for you this week. We have singer-artist Jason Charles Miller. We have actor Sean Persaud. We've got a lot of fun stuff we talk about, and I want you to uh, enjoy all of it. Thank you so much for taking the time. I work really hard to make sure you have something entertaining to listen to, and I hope with the woes of this everyday world that I put somewhat of a smile on your face and try to entertain you because that is my goal of the Uncharted Podcast. Now, being a believer of the Lord, I'm going to share with you my favorite verse, Psalms 19.14. And with that being said, I wish you a great, safe, and happy Easter with your family and your loved ones, and an awesome week as well. Let's get this Uncharted Podcast episode 101 on the way. We have liftoff. Away we go. The next guest on the Uncharted podcast is a very interesting guy, Jason Charles Miller. He just released a brand new studio album titled From the Wreckage Part 1. It came out Friday, March 26th. Now, on top of being a rock country artist, I remembered him from Godhead. I'm sure a lot of you uh, remember him from that as well. He's written award-winning songs for video games. He owns his own record label. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on, and we talk about all that right now. On the podcast, enjoy. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, we were talking about uh, your new album. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, give the title of it, which is um, The Wreckage Part 1, which is awesome because I'm assuming there's a Part 2. Uh, it's yep. really, really, really a good offering. Um, let's discuss it a little bit. What were you going to say? Sure. Oh, I was going to say you mentioned making the switch, and it's funny because um, I really, quote, unquote, made the switch about 12 years ago. So <laughs> a lot, you know, but, but, you know, I get it. You know, so this is like my fifth solo album I think all, all kind of in this style this sort of uh you know southern rock uh country influenced folk and Americana influenced style that I'm doing as a solo artist that you know I think is like uh what I wanted to do is when God had started slowing down and I wanted to put out my own music um I, I wanted to do something that was authentic to me and that also was different from Godhead and I know that, look, I mean, some people, I will always be frozen in time to them. And I yeah. get it because that's kind of how fandom works, right? Like when you think of a certain artist, you think of them when you discovered them or when you were really into them. And um, sometimes it's hard for people to sort of look beyond that. And that's okay. You know, I mean, I'm known as a, I'm known to different people in different circles. Um, I've sung on a lot of video game soundtracks. And uh, some people only know me as the video game soundtrack guy. <laughs> you know, they, 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 don't, they don't know that I have a career anywhere else. Like, they're like, yeah, I know you in Cyberpunk. I know you in Final Fantasy XIV. I know you in Metal Gear Rising. 
you know, and like, what else do you do? I'm like, and they're, I'm like, all of this. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, anyway, sorry, I don't mean to ramble on, but yeah, from the wreckage part one and part two, the reason I split it up is, uh, you know, look, I mean, last year was obviously a crazy year and I had no idea what was coming next. And, um, I had all these songs I was sitting on and I thought, you know, why not put something out new every six months or so, uh, as the world hopefully starts to reopen. And then that way, um, you know, it, I'm not, you know, blowing everyone's attention on one thing that we've got more things to do because you've got, as, as an artist today, you've got to put things out all the time. You've got to be, you've got to have a presence online every day. And so, uh, um, that's kind of the idea of part one and part two. And then I have another album that I've started that I'm going to put out, uh, next year too. That's so. Wow. You're wearing me out. Just listening to you talk. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what I was getting at when we were talking about gods and everything is because, you know, I've seen you guys, obviously, you know, Oddfest and stuff here in Nashville and everything. But right. uh, one thing I've learned and, and I appreciate on my end, I just turned uh, 38 years old. And uh, I, as I get older, you know, not that I'm ancient or anything, but it's like your taste change and your feelings, the way you think about stuff. Like I still appreciate things that I listened to when I was in my early 20s and full of rage and everything but when you when you find somebody you enjoy and they're doing something different i always gravitate to it and appreciate it like you said this is the fifth full length i've just discovered it so it's like a kid in a candy shop for me so i just dove in and just really appreciate the fact that, you know it, it, and like you said it, it it's cool to uh you know artistically express yourself in more than one format and that's what keeps you know, it keeps it going and keeps it good, but I just, uh, I'm really a big fan of all of it, and I just appreciate you, you know, making the efforts. I think it's really, really good stuff. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, you know, if, if I'm going to release anything out that just has my name on it, you know, it's got to be authentically me. Uh, if I'm, I'm part of a, a duo or part of a group or doing something, well, that's sort of the, that is the collection of everyone, right? Because um, yeah. I don't, feel like if you're going to be in a group, like everyone should have an equal say. I, I, I feel like that's what it, you know, uh, there's no point in having a group if not everyone has a, has a voice, you know, and that's how Godhead always was. And um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to continue to put out music. And then in the meantime, you know, I've been, uh, I'm really grateful for the amount of work that I get in other areas too, like as a voice actor, as a singer on other projects and as a, as a writer of songs for other people's projects and for, um, for games as well. So it's a, it's been a, it's a fun ride that I'm uh, still riding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I saw, and, 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 and I, I utmost respect for that, you know, uh, not just settling on one talent, but, exploring every avenue but i saw like you're a host of a show some starter kit where you teach people how to play uh role-playing games <laughs> yeah yeah Man, that's awesome. yeah uh and that, i'll go ahead oh, i was gonna say i i love that i respect that kind of stuff i just discovered uh i'm going to be covering a comic convention or a sci-fi convention i should say here in nashville and they have something and i, I don't want to butcher the name but i think it's like forty thousand k or yeah, Warhammer forty thousand. Okay, um, and just the art and the time that goes into it. I don't know necessarily if that's a game, but I'm just 
I discover these things. I respect them. I've never been a good player. I'm not. I don't really know how to get with it. But uh, you know, kudos to the people that do. Right. Um. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, for me, so I grew up in um, the woods of Virginia. I grew up in Fairfax County, Virginia, and um, my dad was born in Atlanta, and uh, my mom was from New York. So I kind of that's why my accent is so neutral. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but well, and I've also lived in California for the last 19 years, and I also work as a voice actor. So it's like I, I it's like I, I've removed at, not even on purpose. It's just I seem to remove every every uh, trace of an accent. Uh, it's like I have that like straight on American accent right now. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, and. So I grew up in the woods of Virginia. Uh, the closest friend um, moved away when I was young, but we played Dungeons and Dragons together. So uh, I had all these Dungeons and Dragons books when I was a kid that I would read. And, um, you know, it's so exciting and fun that, like, it's an industry now for on-camera personalities. So not only um, – like, the biggest show is a show called Critical Role that has, you know uh, – hundreds of thousands of viewers per week. I mean, their ratings are better than a lot of television shows uh, <laughs> as far as how many people watch them. I luckily have, uh, I co-wrote their theme song um, and, and have actually appeared on the show. But, you know, the fact that like that exists as a form of entertainment now is something that we didn't have when we were growing up. And uh, I'm so fortunate to have a foot in that, in that, part of the world as well uh you know i consider myself an entertainer uh but and anything that i uh, that i'm going to be involved with has to be something that i am excited about and believe in you know mm-hmm. yeah it's just it, it's neat I, like i said i appreciate it i uh i was late on on the train on a lot of things that and then um i have some uh some pals still to this day that are uh, very heavily involved. I don't know if you're into it too much, but but magic, the card game. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've seen friends drop major money for some cards, like like you would like like the same prices you'd pay for like Michael Jordan rookie cards or something like in and you know in sports type stuff. So just uh, blows my mind, that, you know. And it's good because it's good, clean, fun. You know, nobody's hurting anybody, and it's it's interaction, which is uh, you know everybody in this world now is getting further and further away, not with just sickness, but just with the technology. We don't spend a lot of time together anymore that's right and you know in the past year because i've done so many uh things on twitch like i i'm on right now i'm on five twitch shows a week which is kind of crazy two of my own on my own channel then i have a songwriting show that i host on tuesdays i'm on a dungeons and Dragons show on wednesdays and then now i'm on another one on saturdays and um at least with that, I feel like I'm hanging out with people. Um, yeah. I go hiking with friends occasionally, but I'm in Los Angeles, so we're like on, you know, we're sort of the last place to open back up, really. I mean, we're sort of open, yeah. uh, but not really. And, um, you know, so it's been tough, and and, um, and at least we've got that interaction. Like early on, I was doing some co-writes, uh, over Skype with some songwriters and, you know, it felt a little weird, but now it's, we're just kind of used to that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and that's, and that's unfortunate. And I've talked to a lot of musicians uh, as well that, uh, 
you know, with not touring, they've been offering um, lessons, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, instrument lessons. And for me, not not that I'm down in it, you got to do what you got to do, but I would assume, like, I'm a drummer and a bass player. If I'm sitting behind a drum set, I'd probably have a hard time being able to kind of articulate or hear what the person's doing because uh, a drum kit is not exactly, you know, a, a silent instrument. So, um, but, you know, you right. know what you got to do, so. Uh, speaking of musicians, uh, you played a great song, a uh, one I I forgotten all about on this album with a with a delightful young lady I got to interview not too long ago, Katie Cole, uh, the the Badfinger song. Uh, uh, yeah. Day. Man, you, yeah. you murdered that dude. You did a great job. Oh, thanks, man. You know, yeah. uh, I it, it's a song that I had always covered acoustically and always wanted to do a recording of it. Um, and uh, I co-produced that track with Stuart Carreras, and um, you know I've been friends with Katie for I don't know at least ten years when she lived here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stuart was like, "We should get Katie to sing on this," and I was like, "Yeah, that would be awesome." Believe it or not, Katie and I did a duet of um, you know that song, "Don't You Forget About Me," "Don't You Forget yeah. About Me." We did, there's a duet of us out there on a um, little short film called agent 88 which was like a comedy about a um an 88 an 88 year old woman who's a killer who's like who's an assassin uh, <laughs> agent 88 uh yeah. but in the closing credits it's me and katie saying so anyway so we had already worked together before and if you search youtube there's some duets of us on there too so it was totally the right move and boy she killed it i mean she sent me like a whole i call it the chorus of katie's you know, and uh, and then uh, I got Evan Schletter to play uh, theremin on it, yeah. you know, which is that sort of spacey sounding. Uh, that instrument is nuts. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it sort of looks like a box with uh, one antenna sort of going up straight up, another antenna going to the right. And you actually play it by putting I mean, it's attached to a speaker and you play it by sort of putting your hand in the field of electricity that those two antennas make and you really it apparently it takes years to really master the thing but Eben is a buddy of mine and, and I knew that he was great at it and um it, it's such a it's such a crazy instrument that you're really just you're playing the electricity field yeah um that was going to be my next thing I, when I, I heard that that's what I thought it was and then did some research I have never seen one other than uh, one time on Pawn Stars. <laughs> and, um, oh, that's funny. And Did I, they turn uh, it on and like fire it up? Yeah, basically, and, and, you know, you get those sounds of like that early sci-fi kind of like, you know, it comes from space. And I was like, okay, so that's what makes that sound. And then uh, when you hear something like it, that, that always, for some reason, I think about them, you know, lowballing that guy on his instrument. But I, uh, I was like, that's what that is, and it's just. It's cool because you don't hear it a whole lot in too much music, and you know you hear it there on the on the tail end. I was like, man, that's pretty cool, or, or you know, in some of the lighter parts. But I uh, I always appreciated that thing, um, but I've never actually seen one, so that's that's really neat. Thank you for telling me about that. So. Oh yeah, no problem. But yeah, Katie uh, got to speak with her. She is a great, great soul, great human being, and and, and, a, oh, and yeah. a great, unique voice in her own right. But yeah, you guys do blend really, really well together. Uh, not you know, and I wrote down that Agent 88 and, and you know the duos. I'm gonna enjoy them as soon as I get finished. <laughs> but but you guys complement each other real well when it comes to songs. 
Um, how, how did you pick the, you know, like some of the, all these guests you've got? I mean, did you, they just volunteer? Or did you just have certain people for certain songs? Because I see you have quite a list here. Yeah, you know, uh, basically living in LA uh, it has its advantages because um, almost everybody that, you know, will come through there on tour. And if they have time, I can grab them and bring them over to the studio for a day and get them to play on something and then get them back where they need to go um, in time for sound check. Um, I've made, I, I, and I, uh, before 2020, I made several trips a year to Nashville uh, for writing trips. So I have a lot of friends there. um, And now I have a lot of friends that tour. So most of the people were ones that I grabbed. I mean, Dwayne Beth lived in LA for a long time. So I was able to get him on some songs, Um, you know, just, Hey, come on over. And we've written together before and I've opened for his, uh, for the uh, Almond Betts band uh, recently. Um, But beyond that, yeah, it's just um, a lot of these songs were ones that I was slowly building and slowly recording. Um, I like, I jokingly call it from the wreckage because um, you know, some of these songs, when I was signed to Sony for my last album in 2018, maybe they were the ones that I really believed in, but my A&R guy didn't, um, you know, and so they just sat there and I'm like, these are songs that I love that I want to get out to the people. You know, there were songs like, I can't wait for people to hear these songs. And then to have like one gatekeeper be like, nah, I don't like it. You know, maybe he was in a bad mood that day or something. And then like <laughs> a song that you're like, so believe in just gets put on the side because this one person didn't believe in it. Right. So yeah. now that I have my own label, I am my own gatekeeper, you know, and, <laughs> and it all comes down to me. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so some of these were, some of these are brand new. Some of them are ones that I always believed in that were sort of pushed aside and um, you know, regardless uh, you know, now they're, they're out there for the people. Yeah, and, it, you know, uh, since I've been doing this podcast and getting to speak to people such as yourself, and I, and I, what I love to do it for is, is learning things. And, and as I get to talk to people of your status that have, you know, uh, you know had the well-established bands and then doing their own stuff, indie versus, like, being on a label, it, it floors me how many people will say, I shelved this song or I shelved this album forever because a collective would, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. And it just amazes me how many middlemen are involved in everything or middle women or whatever you want to call it and yeah. making this art and some people it's like man this is a smashing like i know but you know so and so the suit here is like nah this is just i'm not feeling it like they did dictate things when it comes to like that big corporate stuff but yeah and uh, maybe they were in a, they maybe they were in a bad mood that day or like they had a they had a sandwich that they didn't like <laughs> you know and then you're screwed yeah <laughs> maybe their maybe their valet didn't park uh, park quite close enough to the. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, it's it's mind blowing that you know there's things like that. And uh, but I'm glad you called this together. And the artwork was cool. I like the old. Uh, I guess that's an old Chevy. I'm not really sure that that uh, truck on the front. Yeah. So um, I had this concept that I said to the artist. So it's fully like my my friend my friend mate. His name is uh, Sam Sheeran. He's an artist. Uh, he made that from scratch. And I just nice. said, I, w- I want to have a, you know, an old truck. Like, um, I, I remember, you know, look, uh, there's plenty of trucks like that in Tennessee. And there were plenty like that in Virginia, too, when I was yeah. growing up. Just like some abandoned truck, like on a road that doesn't really exist anymore, or a gravel <laughs> road that's been over overgrown or whatever. So, um, 
so yeah, that was the concept behind that. And then part two, the idea is that it's going to be even more overgrown and like more vines are going to be coming through the picture and stuff. So it's pretty right neat. Yeah. I like that. Um, I'm sure you have or are going to, if you haven't already, um, this, this new, uh, young lady morgan wade uh are you guys going to collaborate she's from Virginia. i don't know if you're from the same part but she's really making waves here in nash vegas oh i'll have to uh i'll have to uh reach out no we don't we're not connected yet so have you um, ever heard her sing not yet no. oh my gosh you guys you guys would you guys would do something straight fire uh, uh she uh she sounds like uh Tanya Tucker and there's another artist I can't remember had like a love child. She's gritty, but yet she's just on point. But yeah, definitely look her up. She's uh, look her up. Yeah. She just recorded an album. She's gonna be the biggest thing since uh, sliced bread here for too long, I think. Okay, well then I should probably reach out now. <laughs> Morgan Morgan Wade, you're saying? Yeah, and uh, the okay, funny cool. thing about that is that I had to write her name down as an interviewer because I didn't want to call her Morgan Wallen. <laughs> right, yeah. Because they're both probably you know, not. Together. Yeah, well, <laughs> this was before it got kind of controversial, but uh, I, I just didn't want to disrespect her because he came up before her, and I just I was like, okay, don't say Morgan Wallen. But yeah, Morgan Wade, uh, she's got an album out. It hasn't been released very long, and it is just the bee's knees. Uh, and you guys would be, I'd love to hear you guys collab. Um, but anyway, enough about her. <laughs> One more question for you. And I appreciate you speaking with me. Um, you did you narrate a film for NASA? Because that's like the coolest thing ever. I did. I narrated something for so so check this out. So you can look this up on YouTube too. It's okay. called Benu's Journey. B E N N U. Okay. Benu's Journey. Benu is the name of a satellite. Uh or no, of an asteroid rather that they sent a satellite to this asteroid, Bennu. Um collected some samples and and uh it actually just got there. So like I narrated it about six years ago, and then last year, the the spacecraft got to the asteroid to collect the samples. Um, but yeah, I'm narrating the whole thing, and it shows at the Goddard Space Center, um, and it's on their it's on their YouTube page, Benu's Journey. That's awesome, excited. Yeah, as you talked, I've written down several things that I'm going to get involved in. Once we, but I, but I joke, I, I, I joke with people. I'm like, yeah, you know, when I'm really old, I'm sitting at the bar. I can like look around and be like, yeah, I used to work for NASA, <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't be lying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, that just always floors me when somebody's involved in NASA because it's like, man, that's that's big time there. That's like literally, and you know, that's the stratosphere. So I saw that, I was like. He worked for NASA. How cool is that? Yeah. But well, I got uh, to tour. I got to tour the Goddard Space Center, which is near DC, because my dad still lives in Virginia, and he's actually he really loves rockets and everything. So we got to go to uh, to NASA and see um, the satellite that they were about to launch into the sun. <laughs> you know, what I mean? so <laughs> yeah. it was like it was really awesome to go there. I was geared up to go on a, a tour of like uh, your Thomas Jefferson home, George Washington, and then Circle BC and all that because I, I love history. Uh, and Me too. Then, of course, COVID hit uh, and, and uh, everything. Yeah. The world closed. But uh, it gives me something to look forward to maybe in 2022 or 23. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But anyway, hey, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. You have a lot of talent for one person, and I've been a fan a long time. and. Uh, you know, better late than never. I discovered you the solo stuff, and uh, uh, if you come to Nashville when the world opens, I'll be there uh, in the audience, maybe uh, 
shake your hand by that time or something. That would be that would be great. Well, hopefully I'm going to get vaccinated next month, and then I won't have any problems yeah. shaking anybody's hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm getting vaccinated <laughs> Tuesday. I I waited for a while, obviously, to make sure some of the the people were in dire need uh, could have it. And yeah. finally, finally here in Middle Tennessee, we've gotten to where uh, you could safely, you know, they've got several hundred, maybe thousand appointments here locally. So I went ahead and took one, you know. So uh, great. Yeah, I, yeah. My number comes up uh, April fifteenth. I can I can get one after that. So I'll be getting cool. it right then. On this episode of Uncharted, we have actor Sean Persaud. You can currently see alongside Gary Oldman in the Oscar-nominated David Fincher film, Mank. You can watch it on Netflix. Now it's currently leading the Academy Awards with 10 nominations, including the coveted Best Picture title. We discuss his part in this critically acclaimed movie and a whole lot more. That's coming up next. Enjoy. Had uh, time to sit down and watch your uh, your film yesterday. Uh, magnificent. Great job. Uh, loved your performance. Uh, uh, and your little your little spot that was very very cool. That must have been uh, quite a thrill, not only to drive that awesome classic car, but to exchange uh, you know parts with uh, Mr. Gary Oldman. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Unfortunately, I didn't really get to drive the car. That was all on a soundstage. But um, I'm glad I didn't because I would have been um, there would have been too much going on. You know, there, I would have been all distracted. And yeah, you're right. Like, I was I was enjoying um yeah having a, an amazing scene partner. I'm glad I didn't have anything <laughs> taking away from that. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you can hear my cat. She wants to uh she wants to be part of this interview too. I think. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram the way you were having a Zoom meeting. I love that. Actually, I came outside. Yeah. I came outside because my dog is in the house right now going nuts. So <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but. But with your role, I really liked it. And I don't want to mention too much without giving any spoilers, but I will say this. Um, at the beginning, with all that he had been through, and then uh, your part kind of added to it, I was like, man, this poor guy. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good point. He's got hey, <laughs> he's got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's so cool, and I understand it's up for a ton of awards, but <clears throat> I never knew, uh, I guess, how – powerful Orson Welles was, I guess, in his heyday to have all that creative control. Yeah, and it's weird too because it was really the first thing that he um that he did in Hollywood. He was he came from the theater and radio and he was so young and um they gave him like total creative control on, on his first movie. Yeah. Um and and then he went after one of the most powerful people in the world. Who had a lot of connections in Hollywood, so yeah, it's it's really something that um that 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 even happened. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's pretty unheard of these days. Yeah, I love movies where you can learn stuff, and that just that just floored me. One thing, I, and I mm-hmm. might not have been paying attention, but did did they offer him all this carte blanche before? Um, was this before he did the uh, War of the Worlds, where everybody actually thought we we're under attack by aliens? No, this is after that. I believe. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think that's what really put him on the map. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking to give him yeah. something like that, he must have already had uh, something set in stone there. So we're going to discuss uh, David Fincher, who you know definitely a thinking person's director. Uh, must have been a thrill yeah. to get to uh, get to spend some time uh, 
uh, working with him. It really was. He's um, one of, if not my favorite director. And um, I was, uh, I, yeah, it was a dream come true, really. And I was like very, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of terrified. I was, I was intimidated, but he was so, um, you know, he has this, uh, this reputation for um, being a taskmaster and doing a lot of takes. And um, I, so I wasn't sure what to expect. Well, I guess I was sure what to expect, I expect a lot of takes, but the way he did it was just very, um, he, he was like a very pleasant person and he was very thoughtful and articulate and he was funny and um, energetic, which was, is what really like stuck out. I mean, he was very calm and energetic. He had clearly thought everything through. He was incredibly prepared and we did do a lot of takes, but every take, it wasn't like, all right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. It wasn't like a, um, he was trying to like, you know, break his actors or something. He genuinely had like ideas after every take and he would come and, and just, you know, go through them with you and change, you know, tweak, tweak wording of lines. And he was great. He was, um, yeah, it really was like a, it was just so cool to, to be, um, on set and watch one of my favorite directors and one of my favorite actors like do their thing too cool and that's a that's a, a credit to you because they had to pick you so that means that they saw something in you as well so good for you thanks yeah i have to like, remind myself that every now and then <laughs> yeah well i mean you know that, that's that's how you know from a from a fan perspective like myself or somebody you know watching the movie and everything i mean that that's a, that that counts for you too and i'd be the same way sitting there but you know uh, and i'm not a boastful guy and i wouldn't think you are either but uh, you know it would be cool if somebody said to me hey you know what they picked you to do that so um, <laughs> but what you said about David? No, my. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my my girlfriend reminds me of that every now and then because <laughs> I because yeah. I forget it. So. And, and, yeah. and kudos to you guys. You guys seem very very happy. I, I uh, you know like I said I became a fan and was doing a little creeping on the Instagram and and I'm always slow <laughs> yeah. when when people are, are having good things around them. So uh, kudos for that. Um, oh, thank but, you. Yeah, what you said about David, I could totally see that because every movie I've ever seen that he has been a part of, uh, every um, scene looks so carefully planned out and almost like as perfect as can be humanly possible. So I could totally see him like 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 a good record producer. They they want to make a certain sound over and over, so they make like like bands play the same notes over and over. So I could that totally makes sense. Yeah, I it is. It's very meticulous, and I think. Yeah, like when you said that, it reminded me of like uh, Brian Wilson, like in the studio for Pet Sounds. But, but David Fincher is like not like that at all. He is so um, like put together, and um, yeah, it's just um, it was just wild. He's 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 the best. He's so yeah, good. Uh, uh, yeah. He wouldn't be like Brian Wilson. Be like, hey guys, we're gonna put you in some fireman suits and get a giraffe out here, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, now, now, as far as, because I know you've been in a lot of stuff, you got quite a, a compressive resume. Um, do you, like, uh, um, as an actor, when you go to uh, somebody, you know, you do a casting call or you get to portray a character, do you just portray yourself? I don't know if it's going to make any sense, but do you just, you're yourself mm -hmm. as an actor, or do you get in depth and, like, discover a character? Like, do you study 
certain mannerisms and stuff and like engulf yourself into whatever you're portraying that's a no that's, i totally get that and that's a really good question and i th- i think it depends i think when you're going out for like um i think it depends what you're auditioning for and if it's something where obviously if it's like a real person or real character um then yeah there's some research you want to do and some more of that like that sort of deeper thinking about like physicality and voice and you want to like be an, you know be an actor quote actor and change yourself and and be a chameleon or if it's like um there's some sort of you know this takes place in a different time how did people talk back then and how did uh you know how did how did they move and and all of that stuff but there there are times when i the thing i audition for most is like tv and and commercials and you're prefer like um guest stars and co-stars you're there for a day maybe two or three days um and it really you get the size and you're like okay i how would i do this how what's my um take on this and i think that's actually like really fun i mean from a pure acting standpoint i guess maybe not but i like seeing how i like seeing reading different um scenes and just uh seeing what how i would do this like my what point of view i bring to something and i've been on the other side too so it's fun to see um all the wildly different takes on one character that you can that you can um see and a lot of times when they're casting they don't really know they might have an idea but they don't they don't really know until somebody who who brings themselves to the role comes in and they're like oh yeah that's it that's what we want um so i i i enjoy both i mean the the what's your take on the character is probably um more sustainable i think for and definitely for my sanity (laughs) sure um the reason I brought that up is because actually, and uh, I was I was listening to Joey Diaz. Uh, I know as a comedy enthusiast, you know who Coco Diaz is. Um, yeah, I, I I'm not familiar with his stuff that much, but I I definitely heard of him. Okay, well he he's done a lot of um, he's actually Cuban, but he gets play uh, Cuban American, but he gets uh, he does a lot of uh, like mobster Italian, uh, you know, Goodfellas mm-hmm. type roles, Sopranos. And he was just basically saying, and what made me think about to ask that question is that he was basically saying that he just every everything he plays, he just plays himself. He doesn't go any any other way. He just if they accept him, they're just going to get him, and he's going to be running through lines. And, and until I mm-hmm. heard him say that, I always thought because I'm not an actor, I don't have the gifts. But I always thought uh, that people just studied a part. I didn't know that some people go in there and just go, hey, this is what you're getting right here, if you want it or not. <laughs> Oh, totally. And I think I think that's the thing with comedians too. Like, so many comedians have sitcoms, and it's because um, people want to see them. They want to see their personality um, shining through everything. So yeah, I, I think that's that's a, that makes uh, sense. Cool. Yeah, cool. So you know, and I know you know you're the co-founder of Shipwreck Comedy, and you've got this um, visual yeah. series, Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery Dinner Party. That's a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. things to say. But you got a really great social media president, uh, presence and all that. So comedy is a big thing for you. Uh, do you do stand-up as well, or is a comedy sitcom something you'd like to be a part of, or what What all are you doing with the world of comedy? Well, yeah, I did. Um, I, I've done stand-up exactly once, and um, <laughs> I was a, 
uh, it, it went well, as you can tell. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big stand-up enthusiast, and I, I grew up listening to, um, to, I, I grew up, like, idolizing so many of these guys, and then I, um, uh, I, I was like, okay, oh, yeah, I, I can't wait to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to do it all the time, and then, um, I did it. I had a friend who did a, a monthly show, and finally, he was like, let's, let's do it, and he, he worked on my routine with me. And um, I did it, and you know, actually, it was fine. It was a it was a bringer show, so I, it was a it was a lot of people in the audience I knew. It was a very um, it was a very safe audience, anyways. Um, but uh, I did it. It was fine. Um, well, I did a I did a bit about um, how I had my driver's exam. I almost ran over the the instructor. I did a bit about Subway and how they're they always make you put together your sandwich like ingredient by ingredient. And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't work here. Uh, I was silly, you know, I did it and I walked off and I was like, Oh, okay. I did that. I like scratched that itch and it's gone. I've never had the, the um, urge to do it anymore, but um, I've done a lot of improv out in LA, um, ECB and whatnot. I do a lot of, we do a lot of improv in our, the stuff that we make. Uh, and yeah, we, I'm, my writing partner is my sister, Sinead, and we co-founded this group, Shipwreck Comedy. Um, and, um, my girlfriend, Mary Kate, who we were talking about is involved. She's sort of like, a. she's our, she's a very good at, she's very good at, at being sort of like a producer, manager, um, taskmaster. Uh, she's also an incredible actress, but. Sinead and I are very, we're sort of like lackadaisical creatives, like, yeah, we'll, we'll get around to writing this thing. So um, Mary-Kate is very good at getting us on task. Um, and we do, yeah, we do a lot of um, series and shorts and sketches. And Sinead and I um, have written a, a, a bunch of pilots. We workshopped one um, with, at Sundance in the New Voices Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're working on another big project that we're about to crowdfund. And um, in conjunction, we're working on a more, uh, that's going to be a web series. So we're also working on a more um, traditional, uh, like long form TV pilot for it. Uh-huh. Um, cool. we're, we're hoping to workshop that at Sundance. And then maybe we're, we'll make our little web series version of this project and then take it out with like a longer, uh, more fleshed out sort of like 13 episode series version. So that's what, that's where we're at. We're trying to like, we crowdfund everything that we do and we have total creative control, which is really nice, but we're trying to like take that next step where we, we just make this sort of a sustainable thing and we, we get to write and perform, um, for, for other people who will give us money <laughs> rather than yeah. our fans. Our fans are great and very supportive, but uh after a while i feel bad asking them for money uh and i want you know someone else to to do it <laughs> yeah i understand uh you know uh doing this podcast which i love very very much and i love talking to interesting people such as yourself i see a lot of people in entertainment that i follow and, and, and interact with you know they go i hate to do this because you know i gotta promote this you know i got this indiegogo i'm mm-hmm. trying to do a pilot try to do this so I mean I understand, yeah. but unfortunately it's a necessary part of to keep the keep the uh, the wheels greased, I guess you could say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it feels it feels weird, but it's part of it, and I feel like everybody kind of gets it. 
Yeah, it's, it's all good. I mean, you're making art. I mean, people appreciate it, and if they enjoy you, they're, they're going to want to see more of you. And got to have cash, unfortunately, to do everything nowadays. Um, yeah. Wanted to bring this up, though. Your voice is very clear and profound. Uh, I could see you doing, like, Batman or, like, some really intimidating superhero. Have you, have you tried the, uh, like, the cartoon world or voiceovers or anything? Uh, oh man, now I want to be Batman. Um, no, I've done a little voiceover, uh, just in film and, um, just some narration in short films, but, um, I is, it is a world I would love to break into and I have friends who do it. My girlfriend actually does it. She, she was, uh, uh, the daughter of Mysterio in, um, one of the recent Spider-Man cartoons, uh, it was amazing. I she I remember she got that job. I flipped out and I was sure. like, Oh my god, I cannot wait to see this. Um and she's done she does a really good Harley Quinn. She's been Harley Quinn in a couple of things. Um it's a really hard world to get into and um but yeah, I it's one of those things where every now and then I'm because I've got like a you know, a million tabs open in my brain and I'm constantly juggling like all these things that I have to do and then yeah, every every now and then every few months I'm like, Oh man, I gotta work on that voiceover demo reel oh shoot yeah. uh, so thank you for reminding me <laughs> well yeah no it's just like you know listen to you act and, and and the way you read the letter well i'm not gonna give you spoilers out but anyway so watching you act and hearing you talk about everything i was like man his voice is so profound and then you know not looking at you right now and listening to you talk i'm just thinking about talking to batman i know that sounds crazy but it's like <laughs> i can just see you going where is she get over here <laughs> Pray to me. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I just think you make a great Justice League character or something. I, I don't know. Like I said, that world seems like it'd be fun. Um, a voice like mine would probably work in like a King of the Hill reboot because I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely hear that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, a hillbilly American is what they call us. But um, <laughs> that was going to bring up my next point, a first-generation Indian American, which is super cool. I like that, you know, a self-made guy such as yourself. Uh, do you ever, and this is just a curiosity question, do you get, like, typecast? You know, it seems like uh, actors uh, of that nationality and everything, it seems like they, they talk when they're doing interviews. It's like, when you know, for the longest time, the only thing they want to make them is, like, your stereotypical, like um, – um, mm -hmm. um, gas station attendant or anything like that. Do you have a problem like yeah. that, or do they, do they seem to like, uh, are you, are you sparse, or how do, how do you go about approaching that? I, I have a, I'm in a weird situation because I'm, um, my sister and I, we're biracial. Our mom is white; she's from Scotland, and our dad is is Indian. And um, I think my sister definitely looks a lot more um, ethnic than I do. I'm pretty white passing, and um, yeah. um. Yeah, I think most people who, I think maybe like 70 to 80% of people who look at me just think I'm, you know, just thinking, but I uh, think I'm, you know, white, but yeah. full, full, full white. Uh, and then the other 20 or 30% are, they like can't really place me. They can't, they don't know if I'm Indian or I've gotten Middle Eastern before, East, Eastern European. Um, so I've gone, I had a manager once who, really was like oh you're you're half indian and we are gonna we're really gonna push that and she sent me out on all of these um roles that were for indians and um i was like okay and then i would get go in the the waiting room and i'd be in there with all of 
these at like accent. both parents are Indian and this this person looks Indian and I have quite, I have a few friends who are Indian out here and I I'd start seeing them all at, at the auditions and I was just walking in there like oh my god they I I they're not gonna pick me I don't look Indian enough and yeah. I wouldn't pick me so it became like a like a sort of joke I'd walk in and I'd see I'd see my friends and be like yep here I am <laughs> um. So I got, I, I thought, you know, when I moved out here, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a little ethnically ambiguous and uh, I can do, I feel like I can do comedy and drama equally well. And I'm hard to read, I'm hard to place, and I think that'll work in my favor. And that has not been the case. I think there's a certain level where that's fine. But when you're starting out, it's like people want to be able to look at you and place you in a box, yeah. um, which I don't love, but, you know, that's just how it works. Like that's, casting directors are casting like so many parts per week and they're working on multiple projects and they they want to just be able to yeah and as, as an audience member especially in something like a tv show or a commercial you want to be able to look at somebody and just feel a certain way um you want to be able to look you you're watching an insurance commercial you want to be able to look at somebody an insurance salesman and be like oh i like this guy so there's a lot of that and so i've i've run into the problem out here where i've been told i'm not um I'm not Indian enough. I'm not ethnic enough. I've also been told the other way around where I'm not white enough. Um, and so it's, it's a different problem uh, than, you know, being typecast into uh, a certain type of part, but it is sort of something that kind of makes me, um, you know, hit my head against the wall sometimes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, 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 curiosity got the best of me because uh, for a little while here in Nashville, um, I was doing a little bit of stand-up and everything and, and had an agent. I actually got to be in a movie with Val Kilmer directed by Harmony Korine. And Oh, wow. Uh, like how you're talking about how, you know, how they describe things and stuff. It actually said during the casting call, like when they sent me over there, an average, mm -hmm. not special-looking guy who would probably be associated <laughs> with, like, losers. <laughs> And, that's isn't that the best those yeah, descriptions are something else yeah, it's like, you know, yeah i've gotten a few of those i've gotten a few of those where it's like um weird looking uh yeah, yeah. not handsome <laughs> like okay don't worry i don't have right. any feelings but um yeah and i, I did a video yeah. here too and they were like they were like they put underneath me a kevin james type which is cool but it's like it's funny when you look at this stuff yeah just just not average looking guy probably hangs out with, mm -hmm. you know, dorks. I was like, Hey, you know, if it gives me a paycheck, I'll do it. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point where you get to where you're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely hang out with, with losers. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I need just, I just need to pay rent. It's fine. Yeah. Was, how was that experience? How was that movie with, with Val Kilmer? Uh, the movie was fun, uh, but, to me, it, it's probably one of the most boring things I've ever watched. I know that sounds horrible. You can actually watch it on YouTube. <laughs> they, they put it on Vice, and what happened was is that um, I got the call. It was at a skating ring in um, Nashville, in Brentwood, Tennessee, and they just wanted mm -hmm. uh, Val Kilmer was playing himself, but with a pseudo name as a motivational speaker. <laughs> it was just it was uh, it was like being on an acid trip for like eighteen hours. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, watching stuff. a Harmony. Yeah, watching a Harmony like, current movie is kind of like that. Because they told me, um, they were like, I got one small speaking part, but they were like, "Hey, go stand up on this chair and dance with this uh, these nachos and dip the cheese in there and start eating it and 
Val's going to come take it. And it's just, it was madness. But, you know, it was an experience. Um, it, it, it was different, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, what's uh, what's in the future for? What's the, what's the next things we can look for besides uh, an Oscar acceptance speech? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. My my girlfriend is putting together a little Oscar, a little pandemic Oscar party for us. Um, she's making a a mank themed um, menu, and uh, we'll be we'll be dressing up. Uh, she got a red carpet uh, to put out in our apartment. Cool. Um, she, she did this for the Golden Globes, and we did a little interview, and um, it was. Uh, it was fun. Uh, and then for, for, aside from that, for Shipwrecked, we are, my sister and I will be, we're, we've been doing Zoom writing sessions for a year and we'll be getting back together a little bit later today. We're working on this pilot for the Sundance Lab. And then hopefully we were supposed to um, crowdfund our next project last March. We were like getting ready to go. And then the pandemic hit and we pumped the brakes. Luckily, we were able to, we hadn't launched anything, but it's looking like more and more that we'll be able to do it this year. So that's what we're kind of focusing on. It's, it's going to be our biggest project yet. And it's going to have our signature like uh, literature and, and um, literature uh, basis. And it'll be a little spooky, a little funny. We're uh, we're very excited for it when we hopefully will announce it in the next few months. And that wraps up episode 101 for the Uncharted podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Special thanks to my guest, Jason Charles Miller and actor Sean Persaud. Most importantly, thank you, the listener, for taking the time. I truly appreciate it. Now, I hope you had a safe, happy, and wonderful Easter, and I hope you have a safe, happy, and wonderful week. We'll catch you later down the road, and remember, as always, I love you for you and where you're at in life. All right, take care. Until next time, happy trails.